Okay, everybody, this is the first installment of whatever <laughs> this is. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. I was half thinking to sit down and figure out how to put content together that I would enjoy to do, given, you know, I have this new mic that I purchased uh, last week, a Shure SM7B, and I'm, I'm having so much fun playing with the settings and the equalizer and the compressor and all this stuff that, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to create content where I can sit down and listen to the quality of the production that I'm putting together, while at the same time also make something where folks might like to listen to or they might like to watch. So this is my first attempt at that. I'm not going to have any video attached to it. This is just going to be voice only and it's designed for folks to you know have on while they're running or doing chores or they don't want to deal with the mundane nature of what they might be doing right or, or to try and catch up with news regarding tesla and other tech stuff or elon musk or whatever else might interest me at any point in time so this is the first installment and i should probably close the door in my bedroom turned studio so give me two seconds look at that i'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna edit that out we're just gonna keep it gonna keep it in the production but anyway so i'll start by just talking about what are the things that have me excited for the coming days here for the next week let's say for the next seven days and far and away the thing that has been the most excited is giga texas so the cyber truck the cyber truck the cyber party the cyber rodeo at giga factory texas in austin there's been waves of invitations that have gone out to multiple folks. Uh, I think a few in the Tesla community have gotten them. And of course, I'm not going to be here outing them, of course, because I'm not sure if that's something that wants to be public quite yet, because I know there's a lot of folks that are still waiting for their invitations. So, you know, hopefully here in the coming days, more invitations come out. But if they don't, that's OK, too. What I really hope comes out of the Cyber Rodeo to be completely honest, is that it's a party first and foremost for the employees and all the people that have done all the work at that factory. I think one thing that Tesla did really well while I was there is that, especially towards the tail end, they became much better at celebrating wins and celebrating you know, things and achievements that the company did or teams did by having a little bit of a, you know, of a party, having a little bit of a... Of a you know, situation where we could sit down and sort of reminisce about the work we did, share it over some pizza, maybe some orange juice, <laughs> maybe some root beer or something. But, you know, and of course, folks afterwards might go to a bar and have a couple of drinks here and there. But the, celebrating the wins became more and more plentiful. And that was uh, an awesome thing to see. So I do hope that Cyber Rodeo is a great place and a, and a sort of a great party for everyone who has worked on that project all the Tesla employees, all the different folks that, you know, had some sort of hand in the project, contractors, local folks, things like that. So I'm very excited for them. And I hope to have a really good time. Of course, I, I hope a lot of the Tesla community also gets invited, the YouTube community, the Twitter community, fans, owners, obviously. So we'll see. It's going to be a really good time. And then the day after on the Friday, so Cyber Rodeo is on the 7th, which is a Thursday, and then the next day on the 8th, it's TeslaCon, which I believe is the first iteration of it. This is the first time we're having any sort of Tesla conference, and 
It's, uh, I believe, hosted by the uh, Tesla Owners Club of Austin folks that run that club. And, and they, along with other folks, are looking to host the, the conference. I believe there's going to be, I believe they're sold out. And I don't know the exact number of tickets that they sold out. I believe it was $20 a ticket, but it's going to be, it's going to be quite a lot of people there. And what's really cool is that the conference, the TeslaCon folks have pulled together a bunch of different folks that were, are part of the community to come speak. Most notably, people like Sandy Monroe is going to be there. Dave Lee, who has an investing, Tesla investing channel. You have Galley from HyperChange. You have Ross Gerber, who's a, um, believe a hedge fund manager. You have a bunch of other folks as well. You got your Emma Peppers and you have K10 and, and Kim Paquette who are both uh, on Twitter, big Tesla, I guess influencers you could, you could call them, but really just part of the Tesla family and the Tesla community, you know, sort of sharing all the good experiences they've had with their cars and the company and all that stuff, just stuff that's been really awesome to follow and a bunch of other people as well. And myself, I guess, I'll also be uh, attending the event and, and speaking at it or being part of the panel in, in some form. So that has me extremely excited. I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to, to be completely honest for that entire week, is to just get to meet all the different folks in the Tesla community that I haven't had the chance to meet in person. Being at Tesla, you know, I've, I've had the experience of meeting all, you know, a fair number of employees and people that worked within my org and outside of my org and really get embedded within the culture and the company. But what's been almost as rewarding, if not more so, is getting in touch with everyone else outside of it. You know, getting in touch with everybody who has been not so much on the perimeter, but sort of carrying the Tesla flag outside. And that's really everybody that's probably listening to this right now. You know, it's all the owners, it's all the fans. It's all the YouTube creators, it's all the Twitter folks, all the forum members, Tesla Motors Club, Tesla, you know, EV, whatever forums, folks that have been positive on Tesla and have been part of the mission in one, you know, one way or another. I'm very excited to get to meet those people. And for me, I think that's what's really starting to come together in this whole journey that I'm on right now is Tesla has been such a big part of my life. And being able to experience not just the inside of the company, but also be close to the outside of it has been so freaking rewarding. And something that I didn't imagine myself in at this point in my life, you know? I don't know how to describe it. It's just I, I didn't imagine... I, I would have never pictured myself being on, on the stage of something like a TeslaCon alongside these people that I've been following <laughs> for years now. And now I get to share a stage with, with uh, some, if not all of them, uh, next week. So it's weird feeling. Definitely feel some imposter syndrome for sure. I think that the journey that, you know, everyone that's listening to this and all the folks that have been watching my YouTube videos and been listening to my podcasts, it's just, it's just been such a... It's just been wild, man. It's, it's just been super wild, to be completely honest. And, now, and as I'm going through this sort of spoken word format, I think this is where, this is where I'm starting to find value in this, is that it's, I think it's a good way for me to sit down and recollect my thoughts on what's been going on and what's coming up. And selfishly, in a way, it's also helping me sort of plan out <laughs> my week of content <laughs> for next week. So 
Uh, this might actually be an exercise. This might be a thing that I might do for a number of weeks or days from now on. So let me know what you guys think of this content in the comments or, you know, shoot me a, uh, a DM or, or uh, just at me on Twitter. You can find me at Farziness on Twitter or you can drop it in the comment section below of this video once it goes live. And I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what this is. So if you're not enjoying it so far, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even really know what I'm doing. But the, the one thing that I really learned from my, my experience at Tesla and sort of doing this YouTube thing for a little bit, and honestly, my, the sort of approach that I've learned through you know, my career and all the different mentors I've had before Tesla even, it's just, just sitting down and trying stuff is ultimately the most important thing somebody can do to discover a, a good thing or a valuable thing for themselves or for society. You don't really know if something's going to be good or valuable until you sit down and start trying it. And the one thing I found is that generally the thing that you think is going to be valuable at first is actually a sort of like a jumping point for the true value of the action that you're doing. You know, and I'm not quite sure what, what this was going to be at first, but I'm already feeling like, okay, I'm here talking to a microphone by myself in a room. Bill Burr style. I don't know if you guys follow Bill Burr. Uh, he's got a great podcast where he just literally sits down in front of a mic and just talks for like what seems like hours on end about just whatever experience, sort of experiences he's had in his life. And I've kind of, you know, sort of taken inspiration from that selfishly because I literally wanted to sit down and just play with this microphone <laughs> so I can go and post and experiment with some of the EQs and throw it up for anybody who wants to listen. So yeah, and, and it's starting to already develop into a way for me to just sit down, collect my thoughts and, you know, plan out what I almost like, you know, almost like a, like a journal in a way, almost like sitting down and writing thoughts down and pass it on to other folks. I don't know. I don't know where, where this goes, but anyway, yeah, the jumping point from, from a place where, where you didn't expect, um, you came in with, with one thought and then you ended up with a different thought at the end of it. It's one of the things that I, that I really learned in my past career and all the things that I've built in the past. So sitting down and doing this format is just experimentation. And for those that have been following the, the channel, the YouTube channel, by the way, if you, for some reason you find this and you have no idea what the hell this is. I have a YouTube channel and I have a podcast on Spotify and whatever other podcast app you, you follow where I mainly cover Tesla related stuff. I've worked at Tesla for four years. I've been invested in the company for about 10 years now. And so I'm, I'm pretty close to that side of the world and, and that, you know, that, that developing story that's happening in, on, on planet Earth with our transition to sustainable transport and sustainable energy generation and you know, using renewables and all that stuff. So I've, I've been relatively close to that space. And I like to create content around that. I like to create uh, things that might be helpful for other folks to sort of interpret, interpret, or honestly, ideally for those that aren't super exposed to the world to try and get them caught up to what's going on. I think ultimately, maybe that's going to be the long, longer term vision of this channel is to figure out how to get the rest of the world on board a little bit faster. One of the things that's really been sort of eating away at me in the last couple of weeks is I, I've, I've been talking on my podcast. I've had a, a few folks where I've been sort of picking their brain on 
where we think the transition to sustainable transport is going to end up. Like we know Tesla is going to be successful. Like those that follow this channel and those that follow Tesla, outside of having a tremendous execution risk or say something terrible happens to the leadership group at Tesla, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I hesitate to say this, but it just seems like a sh like a sure thing that Tesla is going to end up being successful and at some point become the largest automaker on planet Earth and at some point becoming the most valuable company on Earth. It appears obvious. It appears like it's a no-brainer, but we shall see if that's the case. But I think what's what's interesting in seeing that journey is that I'm not quite sure, and I'm working on this for a video this week, sort of like I'm, I'm trying to figure out where is everyone else going to be in the next five, 10 years, right? Because there's been a lot of talk about this trend of Tesla's going to go to 20 million cars by, say, 2030 or 2032. Yet, a lot of things that Tesla, the Tesla community is looking at, and rightly so, we're all like, ah, competition. Like, who's the competition? There's nobody here. Aha, like, these guys are freaking slow. It's all Tesla's game. But this is a dangerous thing. <laughs> this is a dangerous thing because you think about the disruption to the industry that's going to happen as we transition to electric vehicles, which will likely make folks that are looking to buy an electric vehicle wait until they can buy one and if there aren't enough automakers or enough electric new electric vehicles available for folks to purchase then you're just going to have this essentially collapse of gas car sales in the world and i'm not so sure the replacement rate of those gas cars with evs is anywhere near fast enough where the net number of cars that are sold each year are about the same so that we don't have this gigantic gap in how many cars can be sold each year you know so in the case of a ford or a gm gm is probably a better example here i think they in the first quarter of 2022 i believe they reported selling it was less than 500 evs maybe less than a thousand evs but just a very very tiny number of EVs, at least in America. They may have sold quite a bit more in China because I believe they have partnerships in China. But at least in America, there, there has been, there's barely been any sales for, the, for, those, for that car maker. So my, my huge concern is that when we're thinking about a company like a Ford or a GM, especially in America, if they don't get their stuff together in the coming, really, for freaking year, you know, it could even be quicker than that, but very, very quickly, it's going to leave the door wide open for a company that's perhaps not in the United States, let's say a company in China or in Europe, to come through and essentially take the entire market share that Ford and GM had that Tesla isn't able to capture because Tesla, it's, it's impossible to Tesla to grow faster than they already have. So even if Tesla gets to say, you know, 20 million cars globally per year by 2030. There might be a market for 80 million or 50 million EVs, you know, or 60 million EVs. Who's selling the rest of them? You know, who's selling the rest of them? If you're in America and you're, you know, proud of American manufacturing and you're proud of having GM and Ford and, you know, Chrysler, I guess, in a way, and Tesla as American car makers, yet Ford and GM aren't able to reach that threshold, 
it's going to spell a lot of trouble for those automakers. And I'm not saying inherently there's anything wrong from a humanity perspective for a company from China or Europe to come into the US and take that market share away from those car companies. But if you want American jobs and you want America's relative strength when it comes to manufacturing to be to be kept where it is or at least increased, I'm not sure the auto the auto market's going to be where that place is at. If anything, it's going to be worse. We're going to be worse off because of that gap. And it seems like Tesla is really the only one that has any source of uh, sense of urgency to make it happen or even expertise, you know? Like forget forget the forget the innovation speed. There's a maximum number of units Tesla's going to be able to generate. That's just fact. You know, they can only grow so fast. And once Master Plan Part Part 3 comes out from Elon, we'll get a better idea on exactly how they're planning on getting to the like, extreme scale that they've been talking about before. But like, what does that mean within the entire scope of where we're heading? You know? It's going to get weird. People have talked about this before. Uh, I've seen studies. I think ARK Invest may have put this together. There's this graph where they show you know, the overall adoption of EVs over time is going to exponentially increase. But then the reduction in ICE sales and internal combustion vehicle sales, the, the rate of its decrease is going to be faster than the rate of increase of electric vehicles, at least for the next, say, five to 10 years, somewhere around there, which leaves that gap. You know, even though you might be selling twice as many electric vehicles year over year, your total number of cars sold year over year will be down, which leaves room for someone to come in or worse yet it might cause these companies that can't make enough electric electric vehicle enough electric vehicles at a profit to simply go bankrupt because you're selling less and less gas cars that are the ones that are making money for you you know if you're not able to sell more than you need or enough to stay alive forget being able to sell any evs you might not be able to sell anything because <laughs> you might go freaking bankrupt all the assets that you have in-house and all the expertise that you have in-house and everything else like that that allows you to stay profitable it's going out the window so what's going to happen there now you know so yeah that's that's beginning away at me i'm really trying to figure out exactly when this is going to happen because i think that's an important uh piece of information to put together i also had a, a guest very recently where we talked about the you know, is there a potential for Tesla to become a little bit more involved in, uh, say, governmental affairs, right? Like trying to influence the uh, uh, political discussion, at least in the United States, to help accelerate this in any way possible. Or to at least prevent any potential uh, scenario where the government impedes the progress, like prevents the progress of a Tesla or electric vehicle to switch over. And is the time now to make that happen? right i don't know I, i've been thinking about that a lot the guest name is ernesto uh oh my goodness ernesto if you listen to this i'm, I'm sorry if i mispronounced your name but i believe it's glucksman <laughs> it's a it's a very interesting spelling and i, I shouldn't say it because my, look at my freaking name <laughs> but you know uh, he he's had a lot of exposure to the uh you know washington dc and sort of how the united states functions from that perspective so an interesting thing to track, something that I don't think gets talked about enough. I don't know if it should be talked about more, since Tesla is so innovative about how they approach, you know, problem solving and trying to get their stuff going through. But 
yeah, it's it's weird, man. Stuff's gonna start. It's gonna start getting weird. And so anyway, so so trying to figure out when this transition point is gonna happen and have some legitimate data and dates behind it and a way to really frame the conversation. Ultimately, my goal is through my content is to create awareness that something Tesla's success is incredible for Tesla. But everyone else, if they're not on board, it might be a net negative. And Elon has talked about this. There's a reason why Elon is so adamant about competition existing and why they made their patents available and why Tesla has been so friendly towards the competition, you know, opening up the supercharger network in areas and looking to partner with any car company that would want to partner with them. You know, I think at some point it's going to happen. At some point, car makers are going to have no choice but to freaking partner with Tesla unless they figure out how to scale their production to where it needs to be so that they can be self-sufficient. And honestly, they only, you know, I've only really looked at a few car companies, but to me, Volkswagen seems the only one of the legacy automakers that positioned anywhere close to being able to be self-sufficient in the future. And I think that's very impressive and admirable. And Herbert Diess and the Volkswagen group should be very, should be applauded for it. You know, their cars might not be as, good as Tesla's, they don't have a supercharger network, they don't have super, you know, full self-driving per se, which is yet another freaking thing that could completely upend this whole thing, but maybe we'll save that for a different day. So I don't know, it, it's, it's getting a little concerning to me. I think, I think the, the Q1 2022 numbers, you know, Tesla's was up 1% Q4 versus Q1. If you compare year over year, they were up 68%, which is incredible. But if you compare that to every other automaker, essentially, at least the ones that are not Chinese, I got to look at the Chinese automakers, but everyone else is down like double digits, like 10%, 20%, 25%. Okay. And one could make the argument that the supply chain issues in Q1 of 2022 are nowhere near as bad as Q1 2021. And they're not. I mean, demonstrably, if you go out and you try to find stuff, and you look at how many people are out shopping and doing stuff, of course, automaker is going to be a little bit different. Like the auto, auto company is going to be a little bit different. But the supply chain issue is not that bad. And here's the crazier thing. For people that track video cards, I don't know if you're somebody who likes to buy video cards for a computer. Those prices have been coming down quite a bit due to the chip shortage alleviating quite a bit. And so if... Automakers are citing chip shortage issues as the reason why they can't get back to original levels that they were at before. I'm not sure I buy that. I, I'll buy the argument if they can't grow over the, um, over the level that they were at before. So say they were shipping 8 million cars a year and they went down to 6 million cars a year and they're trying to get to 10 million cars a year but there are not enough chips. Sure, that, I give you that because Maybe the additional capacity wasn't able to be built because of the issues that we had with the supply chain. But getting back to 8 million cars per year should vary. Like, are we really sure that we're not able to do that right now? Two years removed from sort of when the lockdowns happened? You know, having been in supply chain, I, I could see how that could be the case. And, you know, you have a lot of parts that are part of a car that could go wrong. But within the context of Tesla being able to grow, okay, 
even if it's 1% quarter over quarter, you know, you remove the shutdowns in Shanghai because of holiday days and you remove the shutdowns in Shanghai because of COVID lockdowns, they're probably closer to 320,000 cars, maybe even higher. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not insignificant growth from one quarter to the next. That's, you know, 5-6% growth, perhaps even more, quarter over quarter. You, you do that over a course of a year, if you consistently grow, say, 5% per quarter, that's more than 20% at the end of the year. That's a lot for an automaker. So why can't Ford and GM do that? Why can't Volkswagen do that? Why can't Toyota do that? Why can't Honda do that? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being naive about it, but something's not adding up. Something, something smell fi smells fishy about the narrative and the rhetoric that's coming out of the legacy auto industry. That for the, the reason why they can't make cars is because of supply chain shortages. And if it really is because of supply chain shortages, and Tesla has been able to figure out how to navigate through it much better than everyone else, that doesn't bode well for those guys either. Because what's, what's essentially been proven now is that whatever semblance of advantage the OEMs had, according to investors and analysts and industry experts where they say, well, you know, Tesla doesn't know how to do manufacturing. Tesla doesn't know how to navigate the supply chain. You know, these com car companies have been around for 100 years or experts at this. Well, guess what? The newcomer has figured out how to navigate this thing better than the legacy guys. So like, what's what is this? What's the spin here? Like one spin says that everyone else is worse than Tesla when it comes to being an automaker. And then the other spin is like your demand is really that low. And you're not able to garner, gather the demand that you need, either because of not enough cars in the lots or because of inflation. And I think that the, the, one of the potential things that could happen out of this thing is that, say the legacy auto guys are able to get to a point where they produce enough cars to where they are, were at before. And they start flooding the market with uh, the dealerships with brand new cars. Are we sure all of these cars are going to be sold? <laughs> are we sure? You know, are they holding, are they sort of holding inventory back from the dealerships or limiting production so that they don't have to ship as many cars to dealerships, knowing that if they were to ship the cars to the dealers, the dealers would be stuck with a massive amount of inventory and this whole thing will start to like become super obvious that there's a gigantic demand problem, which kind of talks back to what I was saying with the uh, growth curve of EVs and the collapse of gas cars. I don't know. Interesting to think about. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm just curious to see when a mainstream site or a mainstream source starts talking about this. Like, when is the, when is the New York Times article going to drop that's going to be like, recession coming because of auto makers not being able to make enough cars? Right. Hopefully that never happens. But I don't know, man. There's just something something in my gut tells me that that's what's really going to cause a recession. It's not going to be this sort of inflation thing. It's not going to be, um, you know, yield curve flip. You know, it, there was a video that I watched where somebody spoke about how the. Maybe maybe it was uh, I forget who it was, but. You know, Every time we had a recession, it wasn't because the yield curve flipped, even though that was an indication where the yield curve flipping actually is an 
uh, uh, sort of a foretelling that something's happening to the economy that's going to cause a recession, every single one of those recessions had a, a much bigger reason why it happened. You know, 2020 was obviously COVID. 20, 2007 was the subprime crisis. 2099 was the dot-com bubble where you had all this insane overvaluations, right? And people just lost a ton of money in the stock market thinking that they were betting on the next, you know, greatest company ever. I don't know. I think, I think the collapse of, like, legacy auto, in my opinion, or the, or the unraveling, the unraveling effect of the transition to the EV industry, to the EV market, to a new EV sort of industry away from gas cars. That transition is going to be super painful. And you think about the countless jobs that are going to be lost by the companies that don't survive. There's this, you know, Pareto rule, 80-20 rule that exists that, you know, kind of the, the general thought process behind this thing is that in nature, you can observe this happen over and over again, where 80% of the, you know, 80% of the results, 80% of the value can be created with 20% of the effort or 20% of a population do 80% of the total. Like, that's how you can think about it. It's like this like rule that says the minority do the majority, right? But it can also be applied in a condition where, say you have a number of car makers that are making gas cars that are going through a ridiculous disruption because of the electric vehicle, 80% of them could fail. If you have 100 car makers, which I'm sure we don't get our gas cars, well, we have like 10. <laughs> Feels like we only have 10. You know, if it, so let's say there's 20, say there's 50 automakers in the world. There might be more or less, but let's, let's say there's 100 in the world. 80 of them are, might fail. 80 of them might legitimately fail during this transition. And after we're done, it doesn't necessarily mean we're only going to have 20 car makers, but we'll have 100 car makers again, but 80 of them are going to be brand new. And those are your Rivians, those are your Lucids, those are your Faraday Futures, your BYDs, your Bitens, if they ever come out, your Neos, right? Tesla. It's all of these guys that could come out and win. You know, if Ford Blue, theoretically, you can make the argument, you know, Ford, they're, they're splitting out the division from gas cars with gas cars and electric cars. Is Ford Blue a brand new company or is Ford Blue the legacy automaker? I don't know. You know, and as the car, the, the gas car division of Ford, that's, that's not going to be around <laughs> in 10 years time. When I was speaking with Ernesto in my last podcast, like one of the points he made is like, that sounds to me like they're looking to, you know, split the company up so that Ford, um, well, I, I think Ford Blue is supposed to be the ICE division, the, the gas car, anyway, the gas car division. The reason why they're splitting up is so that they can actually sell the, sell the company and you know, get rid of the assets. That they're preparing for that move at some point. You know? And that makes a lot of sense to me. It's going to make it way easier for Ford to move forward from this transition. And the fact that they're thinking about it now is a good sign. But are they actually making enough cars to make this happen? Are they, are they making enough cars to make this happen? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. You know? I'll have a video about it sometime this week to, once I figure out the numbers and I actually get a good idea of what the hell's going on here, but I don't know, man. I'm just worried, but 
great great time to be a tesla investor great time to be a tesla fan to be a tesla owner great time to be somebody who's following you know this incredible transition but i just uh man i can't shake this feeling that this thing's gonna get pretty freaking ugly for those that aren't somehow exposed to the winners which in this case tesla is going to be a gigantic one in my opinion you know volkswagen might be a winner out of this if if they're able to manage this correctly and they keep herbert deese which who i think is going to be a big contributor to that success to their success so anyway all right i'm going to stop here because i have no idea if this is even something you guys want to listen to <laughs> so i'll stop if you guys have any feedback on this i would love to hear your your thoughts i would love to hear just tell me everything in the comments and twitter if you listen to this i would love to he uh, hear your feedback if you want to send me an email with feedback info farzad misbahi so my full name so i i n f o f a r z a d m e s b a h i at gmail.com give me your feedback on twitter at farziness f a r z y n e s s hit me up there send me a at me send me a dm or if you're watching this on youtube comment section below tell me let me know what you think of this format like i said before i just i have a new mic i want to play with it uh and it's uh, a good way for me i'm finding out to sit down and really get my thoughts out in sort of a journal manner and if you guys find it entertaining or valuable great if not tell me how you think it could be better you know perhaps we'll make this into a more casual podcast format you know where we'll have maybe a, a counterpart i can have a counterpart where we can sort of bounce his ideas around and make it super super casual instead of it being more of an interview we can make it more of a like a true conversation like a real back and forth where it's just two people sort of trying to figure something out so and there's no time limits right so anyway let me know what you think today's sunday april 3rd 2022 uh 1 p.m central time as of the second and i wish you a great rest of your day evening morning whenever you're listening to this I hope uh, all your dreams come true. I hope everything you're working towards comes true. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one. And have a great one. Take it easy.